Welcome to my mommy's podcast. This podcast is brought to you by The Good Kitchen. Have you ever wished you could have delicious and healthy meals on the table in mere minutes? The Good Kitchen answers that problem. So they provide quality sourced meals, including healthy school lunches, right to your door. Their meats are grass-fed and pastured, and they use freshly sourced produce as well. And they don't just send you the ingredients like some delivery services. They send you the fully prepared chef-quality meals. You can check them out at wellnesswama.com forward slash go forward slash good kitchen. This episode is also brought to you by Primal Kitchen, all the good kitchens today. It's founded by my friend Mark Sisson of Mark's Daily Apple. The Primal Kitchen is now my source for some of my favorite kitchen staples. So if you haven't tried their delicious avocado oil mayo, including their chipotle mayo, you're seriously missing out. I have made my own mayo for years and years because there were never any good options to buy that didn't have vegetable oils in them. And now there are. Primal Kitchen has completely changed that with their products. They also have some delicious pre-made salad dressings and we use their products all the time. You can check them out at primalblueprint.com and if you use the code wellnessmama, you get 10% off any order. Hi and welcome to the Healthy Moms Podcast. I'm Katie from wellnesswama.com and I'm here today with a dear friend and I can't wait to share her with you. Robin Openshaw is the author of 15 books, which is a huge accomplishment on its own, including her bestsellers, The Green Smoothies Diet and 12 Steps to Whole Foods. Her latest book is coming out in October. If you're listening to this, it's coming out soon. It's called Vibe, Unlock the Energetic Frequencies of Limitless Health, Love and Success. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. She is a former psychotherapist, university professor, She's lectured in over 450 cities over six years, and she owns the popular site greensmoothiegirl.com. I got to spend some time with Robin at a natural medicine clinic in Switzerland earlier this year, and I knew I had to share her with you guys. So welcome, Robin. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's so fun to chat with you all the time personally, Katie, but even more exciting to join the conversation because I'm a big big wellness mama fan. Oh, thank you. And vice versa. I'm a big fan of all the work that you do. And I think today's conversation is going to be super fun because we are friends. And I know just from our conversations as friends, how much you know, and I can't wait to share it. So um, I mentioned your book is coming out in October, but I think uh, for anyone listening, let's start at the very beginning. Um, Your book is about uh, vibrations and how energetic frequencies affect our health. And I think a lot of people listening may or may not be familiar with that. So can you start at the beginning and define what vibration is and how it's measured? You know, there's a lot of different ways to measure vibration, but, but going back to the very beginning, it was Einstein who discovered way before the world was ready to hear it because the world was deep in Newtonian physics that would, you know, that obviously has played out through biology as well. We could, we could talk about Newtonian biology where we have you know, cells and atoms and electrons and protons and nucleus, all these physical structures. But Einstein said, which when I encountered this several years ago, I started to dig deeper and deeper into this amazing world that completely changed how I see nutrition and how I see wellness and how I see human beings and health and happiness in general. And that is that Einstein said, everything in life is vibration. And when I ran into that, I was like, if everything in life is vibration, why don't I know what that means? Why isn't there more conversation about it? So I dug deeper and I found that another one of my heroes, Nikola Tesla, who, you know, as you know, uh, not only changed the face of, you know, he, he, he came to the United States to figure out how to channel Niagara Falls for human energy. He was only 20 years old. He was on the European continent. And he was dreaming of getting to the United States 
to leverage all of the powerful frequencies of Niagara Falls, which is said to have the entire sonic spectrum. Well, he did do that. He was only 20. He came, he worked with Thomas Edison. They had a big fight. They fought over AC versus DC, alternating current versus direct current. But, you know, Tesla said, if you want the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And the reason I just am about to publish this book, Vibe, is that what I discovered is that we're having all the wrong conversations about food and about nutrition, about how to choose our foods. And and more than that, because you know, you mentioned that in my bio that I'm a psychotherapist, there's a lot missing in the conversation about psychology and about helping human beings out of anxiety and depression too, that has everything to do with energies. And so if we take Einstein's everything in life is vibration. And Nikola Tesla's, if you want the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And we start to explore from there. There's a whole world, to your original question, to, there's a whole world of information. You cannot necessarily see it with the naked eye, but you can measure it now. And there are different energy fields. The human, uh, human being is surrounded by and made up of several different kinds of energy fields. And so you can measure electromagnetic frequencies in Hertz. Um, I am, I haven't told you this, Katie, but I'm working with a PhD scientist named Beverly Rubick, who has two different really interesting technologies to measure vibrational frequency. But we are about to launch a big research project. We will get it published in some significant journals measuring the electromagnetic frequencies of human beings when they eat different foods and the vibrational frequencies of the foods themselves. And I mentioned that you can, you can measure that in Hertz. And if you want to, we can talk about some of the really cool statistics that I talk about in the book related to what the vibrational frequency of a healthy human being is and what some scientists have discovered that sick human beings, how they resonate because everything's in motion. And, you know, these physical structures you know, it's not that Newtonian physics and biology don't have a place and that, or that, that it's not accurate. It's that there's more, you know, we have Dr. Oz saying that energy medicine is the next frontier in medicine. I mean, we have lasers, lasers that can cut you open and remove, cut out organs, slice it down into pieces and pull it out through a half inch incision. Now that's making medicine a lot less invasive or, or surgery, a lot less invasive. We have lasers and all they are is frequencies are just focused frequencies that can heal. So after your surgery, you can heal 10 times faster using a healing laser. We have, we have diagnostics, EEG, ECG, so many more that are literally measuring frequencies and they tell us so much. So what the book vibe does is it brings that to our very own specific personal life. And we start to evaluate um, our foods, our emotions, how we're metabolizing our emotions in terms of frequencies and starting to think and see differently and evaluate our daily choices with, with relation to what's it doing to our vibrational frequency is super, super powerful. So just really quick, I'll tell you that Beverly Rubick and I are working on research to take different kinds of foods and use gas chromatography is one of the uh, really sophisticated, very expensive Russian technologies to measure frequencies. Um, and then there's also biophotonic emission technology where 
we can take beautiful pictures of the frequencies or the, the light emission, the, the weak light that's actually coming out of food. And in general, just as a rule of thumb, we can talk about a few uh, laws of quantum physics that have everything to do with whether we're healthy and whether we're happy. But in general, higher frequencies are better. That makes sense. And just to make sure I have a thorough understanding of it and for those listening, because I know like at first reaction, if you've never heard of this before, the first reaction can be that it definitely sounds a little bit woo. And I get that because that was my first reaction when I first started learning about it. But like you said, I think it is more widespread in other parts of the world. I know there's a lot of research coming out of Russia. And in fact, I first learned about all this when I was studying red light therapy or low level light therapy, which uses certain spectrums of light to basically increase the mitochondrial function of a cell. So is this kind of along similar lines? Like we know, obviously, our cells are electric, our heart has electrical activity, the brain does. We can measure all this. Is that kind of the same concept and how we're able to now um, measure and take from that all this data that the body as a whole has these frequencies? Yeah, that is that is one little niche of of exploration. There's so much more to do and so much more to discover about how to channel and control human energies so that we can optimize our health and also optimize our mood. Because, you know, if we look at the flip side of energies and you and I have talked about this and when you and I were at that natural medicine clinic in Switzerland together just a few months ago, you and I met two people who were so EMF sensitive or they were sensitive to what, you know, in Europe they call electrosmog that they were literally inpatient there because they can't live in buildings with Wi-Fi and with emitting electronics. And, you know, we can't just walk into a room with them there. We weren't allowed to remember, like we couldn't walk in with that man and that woman who were there as EMF refugees. These are, these are chaotic frequencies. These are, these are the kind of energies that are radioactive. They're very mildly radioactive. So when we, you know, they have a cumulative effect. And when we have lots of exposure to chaotic frequencies, we feel our neurological system feels really jangled. We have a hard time focusing. It's why there's this epidemic of everybody says they have ADD right now. Well, everybody doesn't have ADD. We just have a lot of, a lot of things getting in the way of the natural flow of our energies. It's, it's not really natural for us to have this, you know, massive exposure because of smart meters and because of Wi-Fi in our environment or whatever. I started to really control mine and, and decrease it in my environment and kind of go to some dialed in fairly significant lengths to control the radioactive frequencies in my environment. And like you said, in Europe, they're paying more attention to this in, in Russia, they're doing a lot of research on this in the United States. We haven't yet acknowledged that these energies are really destructive. Um, Joe Mercola said on Dave Asprey's podcast a couple of weeks ago that in 20 years, we will look back at EMF radiation, which is just, you know, all these, all these uh, chaotic broken frequencies in our environment, we will look back at it and how we didn't mitigate it here in 2017. We weren't even paying attention to it. We go to a yoga class and there's 20 people's cell phones on Wi-Fi. We will look back at it as being worse as a public health hazard than, than we we saw indoor smoking 30 years ago. When you were a baby, Katie, the rest of us were on airplanes with smokers and in restaurants with 20 people smoking. That's probably hard for you to imagine, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a different world now. I think you're right. I think 
people are starting to wake up maybe on the Wi-Fi and realizing that like really high level EMFs like that are dangerous. But I think that's a great point that that's just kind of one of the many, many aspects. So let's go a little deeper on that. Like what are some of the other kind of frequencies or forces that we're encountering on a daily basis and how they're affecting us? Because hopefully people are starting to understand that it's not a great idea to sleep with your cell phone right by your head and that it does have an impact on the body. Um, But like what are some of the other things that we're encountering? We could talk about foods. We could talk about, let's talk about emotions because you can't measure the frequency of fear or anger or anxiety by itself because by itself doesn't exist. But what you can do is you can actually measure the impact on a human being when they're in low frequency emotions. And so when we start to realize and this is the the book has whole chapters laid out on the vibration of emotions and helping you get very aware and mindful of emotional states you're in and how to shift out of them really quickly, um, which has been sort of a practice of mine for the cor- over the course of several years. But what you can do, let me let me just tell you what the vibrational frequency of a healthy human being is. This is according to the research of Bruce Tino. Uh, He is deceased, but he was out of the University of Washington. And the reason I use his work compared to some others is that he measured, he measured electromagnetic frequencies around human beings, around food, around a lot of different things in Hertz. And that's, that's a unit of measure that we, we recognize. We all studied Hertz in high school physics or whatever, but he measured healthy human beings and they all were within a range generally of 62 to 68 Hertz. So if you're a note taker type and if you're listening to this and this matters to you, you want to start thinking in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, write that down. I might tell you a couple things to write down. That's one of them. Write down that a healthy human being measures between 62 and 68 hertz of energy. Now, a genius human brain, he measured it in the 80s, so higher. Now, before I even go on to tell you the vibration of other some other things, just to give you some reference points, let me tell you another really let me tell you a really important principle of quantum physics that has everything to do with whether you're happy or not. And here it is. So if you write one more thing down, write this down. A substance of a higher frequency can cause a substance of a lower frequency to increase. I'll say it again. A substance of a higher frequency can cause a substance of a lower frequency to increase. Okay, so I might give you a quiz, Katie. Watch out. might be coming. So let's talk about the frequency of a few things. I told you that Bruce Tino measured healthy humans between 62 and 68 hertz. He measured genius human brains at in the 80 hertz. If you tend to have, this is going to sound a little bit woo here, but this is pretty documented, documented here. If you uh, have really clear detoxification pathways, if you are in control of your negative emotions and you live mostly in peace, gratitude, joy, love, you're expressive with positive emotions, you are loving and you exude that, you're going to tend to have a high vibration liver, which is interesting. But he measured people with a massive candida overgrowth uh, in the 50s. He measured people with Epstein-Barr virus around 50, 52 hertz. So obviously lower than the where a healthy human being wants to be. He measure, measured people with end-stage cancer, people who were stage four, um, very, very ill. He measured them as low as 25 hertz of energy. So 
you know that I'm a big fan of eating greens and eating lots more greens and vegetables, fruits, the raw plant foods. And I know, and I know you are too. And I know you've been really instrumental in helping millions of people on the internet. I mean, you can't, you can't Google on the internet, anything to do with health and wellness without in a matter of seconds running across Katie's work, because at the age of 30, while raising six kids, she's done a phenomenal job of educating people about all kinds of topics of health. And every time I talk to anybody about our little adventure in Switzerland, Katie, I tell people, this woman is so young for how much she knows. She's like a walking encyclopedia of health and wellness. So you've been educating people about this too, but just to add a dimension to not only are greens and vegetables and fruits super high in micronutrients and low in calories, which we know that from Newtonian nutrition is what I like to call it. We know that it's high in a couple hundred different types of micronutrients. We know that those foods are lower in calories. But if we jump into Einsteinian ways of looking at food and we look at electromagnetic frequencies, guess what the vibrational energy is of the different greens or, or a glass of green juice? I have no idea. Um, what is it higher than that healthy range, the 60s? I like how you're thinking. You get it. It is in the mid-70s. Some of them are as high as 90. And so what does that mean? Like translate that based on that, that law of quantum physics we just learned. So on a basic level, eating a lot of green foods, getting them in your digestive system would change your own body, which we know. Like that makes sense. That makes sense on a different level. Like we know greens are healthy. Exactly. And so that's just a touch point for foods. I'm, you know, a big advocate of getting more of the high vibration foods into your diet. So when your energies are flowing, when you're high vibration, when you're oscillating at a higher rate, when your liver is doing that, when your brain is doing that, when your heart is doing that, you're far more likely to be able to go into high vibration states of you know, we have words to attach to these actual energetic states of joy, of gratitude, of peace. You know, you can, you can actually chart on an EEG or on an ECG, which is just charting frequencies. You can chart what happens to you when you sit and reflect on all the things that you're grateful for. So if you stay in a state of gratitude, let's say you sit and you think of things that you're grateful for. I mean, we already know that that shifts us out of negative thinking because the brain can't hold two thoughts at once. So when you're thinking about something positive, you can't be thinking about something negative. I mean, certainly those negative thoughts can like derail you and pull you off to the side and you, they might fight with each other. But when you're in a state of gratitude, the Heart Math Institute has done tons of amazing research to document what I'm talking about here. You can chart what gratitude looks like on an EEG. And it looks like what it feels like. It's big oscillations. They are uniform. They are flowing. It looks like what it feels like. Now, same exact person, put them into a state of anger and chart the EEG and you see a pattern map out that looks exactly what it, like what it feels like. It's short, thick, spiky, jagged, and you put those two next to each other and it shows you how very powerful emotional states are on our, our overall well-being. Because we know about cortisol spikes. We know what happens to our blood pressure when we're 
in traffic and we get out of control and we go into limbic brain, you know, we therapists like to call it lizard brain because people who live in their lizard brain, they go into the limbic brain and, and everything they do is operating from, uh, safety or lack of safety. Right. But when we operate from our frontal lobe, that's where we can go into zones. We can go into creative states where you, write an amazing blog post and the research is flowing. The thoughts are rolling out. You've been in that. Have you been in a creative flow state where you literally lose track of time for two hours? You just lose yourself in a creative process? Yeah, I definitely have. And that was actually going to be one of my questions to you because you hear, I've read books about this and especially like adrenaline athletes or people who are operating at the top of their game, you hear them talk about getting into this flow state. So is that kind of what we're talking about here? Flow states or really creative periods of time where nothing is really interrupting that flow of you being who you came to this planet to be is we all want more of that. Like that's when we love our work. That's when, uh, we get more done. We're more productive. We are more giving. We don't see limitations. We just see blue sky ahead. Those kind of states are super high vibration. And so when we, let me tell you something else that'll really blow your mind. Okay. This is, this is really woo. And I know, I mean, you're wellness mama, you love the science, but this is heart math Institute is, is, uh, you know, I think it's been like 28 years now they've been doing research and this kind of thing. You and I could be in a room together, Katie, and we could have our backs to each other and you're hooked up to an EEG and I'm hooked up to an ECG. And I sit and think about how much I admire you and love you. And I, literally project love and admiration and compassion and all these high vibration emotions at you, but we're not looking at each other. We can't see each other. We are exchanging no words. Your EEG will register that every time. So sit with that. Like after you listen to this podcast episode, sit with the power of energies because it's no longer woo woo. It's now documentable. We can, we can document electromagnetic fields. We can document magnetic fields. We can document electrical fields. We can document fields. We don't yet know what they are, but we can see their behavior, even though we don't actually have words for them. And there's just very little science on them. But the point is we have information sources that when we get really, really clear, about the fact that there are energies everywhere and those energies are information, we can love better. We can actually, here's where it gets really exciting. When we build ourselves out of higher vibration materials and we become higher vibration beings, we actually are attracting different frequencies into our own energy field. So let me, let me ask you something just to illustrate this, Katie. Have you ever been at a party, at a networking event, a professional event, and there's someone you meet who either you just rock back on your heels and you're, you can't get out of that conversation fast enough. They literally are repelling you on an energetic level or on the flip side. I'm curious if you've had this experience too. I want to know, has, has there been someone that you might not even hardly know them? Maybe you barely met them, but they're, they're almost pulling you across the room to them. You're energetically attracted to them. When you meet them, you are setting a time for lunch or when you can talk on the phone, you want to spend more time in that person's energy fields. Any of this resonating with you? 
Yeah, actually both. So I definitely have had that experience where I met someone and it was immediate and I was in my head like, why am I so like opposed to this person immediately? They haven't even hardly spoken to me. Um, and I just had a terrible, terrible feeling about them. And then I've actually had, I think I can remember three times in my life where I met someone and instantly like what they call it, like a magnetism. I just felt like I like totally connected with them immediately. Um, so is that, would that be like related to this, the frequencies that you're talking about? Yeah, I'm always intrigued to hear if you've had this experience. I haven't yet had anybody not have that experience of being drawn to certain people or repelled by certain people. And we're all attracting or repelling all the time that you you don't, it might sound offensive that you're repelling certain people, certain frequencies at all times, but you actually want to repel certain frequencies, right? So when you are, find yourself attracted to people, just reflect on this in coming days, weeks, months, years, because there's going to be more conversation about this because, you know, like I said, energy medicine is the next wave in medicine. It's also the next wave in physics and in biology. Start noticing that you are attracted and repelled for good reasons. These are resonant frequencies. It's not that you're on the exact same pitch. It's not that you are necessarily on the exact same frequency. It's that you are on compatible or resonant frequencies. You know, if you play two notes right next to each other on the piano, it's dissonant. If you play thirds on the piano, it's it's harmonic. Just to give you sort of a, a musical metaphor, and of course, music or sound is vibration. That's another, it's another aspect we explore in the book. Vibe is the his, a little bit about the history of music and why music can be healing and certain certain sounds, certain frequencies are healing and why certain frequencies are actually cause a lot of chaos, a lot of disruption. I mean, the minister of propaganda under Hitler actually tried to change the tuning standard because he was tasked with creating chaos in uh, World War II Germany. So that's a whole side topic. But the bottom line is that when we go, when, when we are in high vibration emotions, it actually takes all of our cells and organs into higher frequency states. And when we do, we're detoxing better. We're also physically healthier. Our cells in higher oscillations are eliminating better. They're actually living out their destiny better. They're doing more of what they're supposed to be doing. They're optimizing. Um, just like, you know, you and I were talking about as we studied with these doctors and patients who operate completely differently than Western medicine. There are so many things that we can do to optimize the immune system and to live in the more stable frequencies and the higher frequencies. And so that's, what's been so fascinating and, and something I think that's been missing from the conversation about nutrition and wellness. I mean, we are all so preoccupied with calories, which is an industry concept. Calories is what the food manufacturing industry wants us to think about because they can, as long as all we're thinking about is calories and grams of proteins, fats, and carbs, as long as they can keep us focused there, they have an endless ability to produce us more manufactured processed foods because those are the only ones that they can slap a, you know, a, a label on and tell us exactly how many grams of stuff and how many calories of stuff. But you know what? How many calories is in our food has very, very little to do with whether we're healthy, long-term or short-term. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
This podcast is brought to you by The Good Kitchen. Have you ever wished you could have delicious and healthy meals on the table in mere minutes? The Good Kitchen answers that problem, so they provide quality sourced meals, including healthy school lunches, right to your door. Their meats are grass-fed and pastured, and they use freshly sourced produce as well. And they don't just send you the ingredients like some delivery services. They send you the fully prepared chef-quality meals. You can check them out at wellnesswama.com forward slash go forward slash good kitchen. This episode is also brought to you by Primal Kitchen, all the good kitchens today. It's founded by my friend Mark Sisson of Mark's Daily Apple. The Primal Kitchen is now my source for some of my favorite kitchen staples. So if you haven't tried their delicious avocado oil mayo, including their chipotle mayo, you're seriously missing out. I have made my own mayo for years and years because there were never any good options to buy that didn't have vegetable oils in them. And now there are. Primal Kitchen has completely changed that with their products. They also have some delicious pre-made salad dressings, and we use their products all the time. You can check them out at primalblueprint.com. And if you use the code wellnessmama, you get 10% off any order. Like you said, I definitely tend to to move toward the science side. So just for my own understanding, um, is there a correlation with, for instance, like a higher mitochondrial function in cells? If someone's at a higher vibration, do they correlate? Because that would make sense to me since the mitochondria are part of the electrical component of the cells. Do you know if there's any connection there? Yeah. I mean, those little power plants are optimized when they are in healthy frequencies. And so I think that there's a lot more research that needs to be done. I think I would really like to be part of pushing that forward because nutrition is way behind. There are parts of quantum physics that are changing manufacturing, that are, you know, changing so many parts of our world, but we're way behind in the way that we apply Einsteinian thinking to the cells. And so lots more research needs to be done. I don't want to overreach and tell you about research that doesn't yet exist, but I want to be part of that. And I'd like for there to eventually be a Fitbit where you can immediately tell what is happening to your own vibration if you drink a cup of coffee. I mean, we all think that our energies increase when we drink a cup of coffee because we get really productive and it might lift our mood and we just move faster and we might drink a cup of coffee before we go work out. But actually, it um, decreases your uh, vibrational frequency by like 10 hertz. And it can actually take a couple days to recover your vibration. Now, don't don't think that I've never drank a cup of coffee, but I try to be careful what kind. I try not to do it every day. You know, I only drink organic coffee. The point is, coffee is just an example of we may think that something good is happening because of how we feel in the short term, but I would really like for us to think about our energies in a more Einsteinian way, in a more quantum physics and biology way. And in a more sustainable way, because, yeah, I think that it's clear that, you know, cellular function is optimized when we keep those dirty frequencies out. We know we know about the damage to our cells of the chaotic frequencies. There's now over 8000 published studies, most of them not in North America. You know, Russia is way ahead of us on studying this and being open and forthright about it. It's kind of like it's kind of like the whole GMO debate. For some reason, the American government doesn't want to scare the citizens. And so until something is just, you know, knocking us upside the head, they don't really do anything about the health hazards. But but truly over 8,000 published studies show us the negative effect, just on the flip side of your question, the negative effect of low frequencies 
on the human cell. That makes sense. And it brings up a question. I'm really curious for those of us who don't have like an EEG or an ECG in our house, like how can a person tell if they're a high vibration person? So like for me, how would I know if I was high or low vibration? Well, very good question. And the really simple answer is it's when you're in flow in your work, uh, creativity is moving forward. You are able to progress in all parts of your life. Your relationships are easier. They aren't at odds. You're allowing people their quirks. You've been married for a long time. You know that happy marriages are ones where we just give each other wide berth and we, we accept each other. And even though we're quirky and we have our weird things, we enjoy each other and we flow with it. We flow with the relationship instead of, instead of there always being this push. And so the way you can tell if you're a high vibration person is, are you attracting all the good stuff? Are you, are you finding that you have a lot of different opportunities to choose from? That's what living in high frequencies in your career is all about is you should, you should be choosing from a lot of different options in your day. And if you're not, the great news is there are little things you can do in your day that over time can make a massive difference in what you're attracting and literally what you're building your cells out of. I mean, you're going to build your liver completely new in the next 90 days, right? I mean, your liver is replaced every 90 days and it serves you in like 500 different ways. And so if you replace your liver with higher vibration materials, then whatever you're eating right now and whatever, however you're metabolizing your negative emotions right now, you could end up with a high vibration liver that's serving you in over 500 different ways better. It's serving you better in over 500 different ways that you will look and feel better just by making better food choices. So you'll know, you'll know if you're living in high vibrations because you are flowing with energies. You know, the, the, the core of the earth is 528 Hertz. And when we go, this is just a little actionable tip. If you want to feel different, if you want to get grounded and release a lot of, um, electrons and pick up a lot of antioxidants and ground yourself, and charge yourself, charge your battery because you are electrical, go outside and just lie down in the grass. And it doesn't just feel amazing because it brings back memories of your childhood. There's that for sure. But you are discharging. And if you're out in the sunshine, you are charging. And then take a handful of deep breaths. Now you're oxygenating in so many different ways. You are increasing the oscillation of trillions of cells. So to your original question, you know that you're in high vibration when you are in flow and that can mean a hundred different things, but that can relate to your career. It can relate to your relationships. It can relate to your emotional state. It can relate to your symptom-free physical health. All those things start to come together and start to move. I mean, emotions are just energies in motion. And when we all have negative emotions, but do they flow through you? Or do they get stuck? And if they're getting stuck, why are they getting stuck? And how can you get them to flow through? That's, that is a healthy human being. It's not that they never experience fear, anxiety, anger. It's that it flows through and it flows through quickly. That makes sense. And the reason that's all makes sense to me is, um, so my dad is a biomedical engineer. And actually, I remember him telling me when I was young 
how one of his dissertations for his PhD, they were, they had to measure the, um, like they basically had to do an EKG on an egg, like a chicken still in the egg. And to do it, they basically had to build this crazy Faraday cage because they found that even if there was just another person in the room, um, that that was like, it was stronger than what they were trying to measure in this egg and it was throwing off the results. So it makes sense to me that just someone like walking into a room or a food or certainly anything electronic in nature, like Wi-Fi would have such a big impact on us. But I'm curious. So we must constantly be kind of in flux then because all these outside forces are having an impact on us. Are we kind of constantly changing vibrations? You're constantly changing vibrations. And another principle of quantum physics we explore, we don't go deep into physics or technical detail, but we cover some principles that have a lot to do with whether you're healthy and whether you're happy. And one of them is like attracts like. And so as you increase in frequency, like I said before, uh, you are attracting higher frequency people. They will literally come into your space. They won't know why, but they will seek you out. They will seek you out in a room. You know, one thing that's really cool, Katie, is that you and I are energy exchanging right now, even though we're not even in the same state. And that is what's so astonishing about the digital age is that people, it doesn't have to be an influencer like you and me with a podcast and a blog. It could, anyone, everyone has far more ability to energy exchange with other people than they did before. The, the power that you and I have to energy exchange with others, we're, you and I could literally be electron exchanging right now. Quantum physics has shown us, and this is indicative of the the interconnectedness of all living things on the planet that I am sharing electrons right now with other living beings in other places on this planet. And that's amazing. When you think about it, you and I are energy exchanging right now. We're literally exchanging electrons, even though we aren't in the same physical space. Now I know that that's completely mind blowing and that goes into some serious quantum theory. There's lots of really interesting uh, experiments and published studies out there, but you and I have more influence. You and I and our listeners right now have more influence over other people to raise or lower their vibration. Because remember when we said a substance of a higher frequency can cause a substance of a lower frequency to increase? Remember that one? Yep. Think of yourself as, as that substance, okay? Because all we are is a collection of energies. You are either at all times raising or lowering someone else's frequency, because they're just like you said, you're exactly right. We are never staying the same. We are constantly in motion. I mean, we know what a flat line looks like, right? We don't want to be flat line. When we aren't in motion anymore, we're dead. But here's the thing. We have more impact energetically on the other living creatures in our environment than we ever have in the history of the world, you and I and our listeners. We have more impact on other human beings then, then, I mean, it was reserved for like kings and queens and American presidents and movie stars. The kind of impact that you have, Katie, with your voice and your energies on your podcast, you are a person of magnificent energies and you came here to do a great work. I know I'm always telling you this, but it's because of my study of energies and realizing how much power you have every time you write a blog post or you speak on your podcast, you're, you're doing one or the other. You're doing one or the other. You're either raising or lowering vibration with your, with your impact, with your energy exchange. I think that's really exciting. Don't you? Definitely. And especially, I feel like there's certainly an abundance of negative 
uh, voices out there. So it's good to know that like those of us trying to like make the positive changes hopefully can have an impact because I know like you said there's a lot of people listening who are trying to do that as well. And I think things you've said that I think practical examples I can tie in for my reader. So you mentioned the principle of like attracts like, and my listeners are probably familiar with that from when I've talked about oil cleansing and oil pulling, basically using oil to clean your skin or your mouth, that that attracts like oil-based substances in those places and pulls them out so that you can get a deeper cleaning. And you mentioned just going outside and earthing, which I've written about before. So those are two practical examples that make perfect sense when you understand what you're talking about. But I'd love to know what are some other things that people can do that improve their vibrational frequencies? You can do any number of experiments. And we talk about this in the book. We talk about more ways to impact your own energies and other people's energies than we could possibly cover here. But here's just an interesting one is you can do a word detox. I've been doing this lately. I stopped swearing. I'm a competitive tennis player and I stopped swearing. I want to see what happens to my tennis game when I stop swearing. Now, I don't like yell out swear words when I play tennis. You could actually uh, lose games for that. There's rules in competitive leagues and, and tournaments. But what I would do is I would always swear at myself. And usually after I would fault my serve, I would say some lovely words. And I am... I am experimenting with what happens when I stop swearing. And I don't want to jinx myself by saying this out loud, but oh my gosh, I'm winning. I'm winning. I haven't sworn in a few weeks and I'm winning. I'm winning at practice. I'm winning in competitive uh, matches. And I'm not just doing a word detox for swearing. I'm also being very mindful about the way that I talk to myself. The way that I talk to myself, is it compassionate and kind? Because I really believe that if I am not compassionate and kind to me, then I'm less compassionate and kind in the way that I think about and talk about others. Now, here's something really mind-blowing here, but this is my ultimate goal. This is my ultimate energetic goal is that I won't ever, I'll get to a point where I no longer have to censor my thoughts towards others or myself because right now I'm working on my words. But if I get such control over my words and how I talk to others and whether I'm gentle and fair and kind and soft in the way that I deal with my children, even if they're being frustrating, uh, my peers, even if they do things that I don't like in my professional space, if I can temper my speech, then I know that the next frontier is my thoughts. And so my ultimate goal is that I'm so fair, kind, and high vibration in the way that I think that I don't have to temper my speech. But that's, that's just kind of a fun one is, and we take you through a bunch of different challenges like this is what if you attend for just this month to higher vibration speech, if it's soft, mild, kind, fair, I don't use a lot of words with harsh consonants. Okay. All the swear words have harsh consonants, right? That's why they're swear words. It is amazing how your energies shift. And when your energies shift and you're up vibing, you're increasing increasing your personal vibrational quotient. That's a that's a concept we explore in the book. Remember, the ultimate goal here is you're attracting better stuff. You're attracting better people, you're attracting better opportunity, you're attracting better health. Got it. So takeaways would be mind your thoughts and your words, spend time in the sunlight, go outside barefoot 
eat things that are good for you that have also these frequencies like greens and vegetables. Um, so those are kind of some easy things that anyone could do. But I think the interesting key here that I'm wondering if this will explain for, for modern medicine, um, I'm sure you've seen it as well, all the research on the placebo effect, the nocebo effect, and how, um, for instance, if someone's told they have cancer and they're going to die in six months, in a lot of cases, they die in six months, and sometimes they do an autopsy and realize they were they were wrong about something and the person didn't have cancer, but they thought they were going to die in six months, so they did. So I wonder if like this will help to explain, because we've, we've always known that our thoughts are powerful, um, and I think that this really helps explain why and how they actually physically impact our body. I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, I think it's been so uh, hard to understand until now, but the more we learn about energies and the more we understand clearly what Einstein tried to tell us a really long time ago, but the world was just looking at him like, what are you talking about? But I feel like now we're more ready to lean into this kind of thinking and to take a look at volumes of research and put all those data points together. I think you're exactly right, is that things like that will start to make more sense. I mean, there's tons of research about exactly what you're talking about. Isn't it amazing how an oncologist tells somebody you've got about six months and they they just die on cue. Um, there is more to life than these Newtonian concepts of mutating cells. There is also the energetic qualities of our health to look at. Um, what would be just a few parting thoughts that you would leave with people today if they really resonated with what you said and wanted to start doing things to improve their life in this way? What would be a, a few easy steps that you would tell them to get started? As much as we talk about all this woo-woo stuff, there are really simple, basic things that you can do. And you've covered, um, a minute ago, you covered several actionable things. But let me just repeat them because they are really important. Is eat more plants in their natural state. Eat more food in its natural state that doesn't come in packages, boxes, cans, or you don't get it from the drive through Find ways that you like them because... They have a powerful impact on your energies. Express more love every single day. It doesn't just raise the other person's vibration. It raises yours. Express love, gratitude, compassion, even when it's not warranted. We are literally raising the collective energies of the whole planet when we do that because the other person then goes and it, it just has a pay it forward effect. And we need, we need more of this kind of thing. Go outside every single day and get in contact with earth. Take deep breaths. Charge your battery in the sunshine. The sunshine isn't just for that substance on your skin that becomes vitamin D and strong bones. It's also, uh, it's also energetic charge. So those are just some really simple things. And each one of those actually has a remarkable, noticeable impact on your energy. So start being mindful and aware of that. That's great advice. And especially like we already talked about how much we're bombarded with the Wi-Fi and cell phones and everything else. So it's, we're in a time where we need to be proactive about doing things that counteract that and that help bring our bodies into balance. So I think those are great steps and great advice. And all the links that we mentioned, I know you have blog posts on several of the topics that we mentioned and the information about how to find your book. All of that will be in the show notes at wellnessmama.com if you click on podcast, or you can just go to wellnessmama.fm and it's all right there. Um, but Robin, thanks so much for taking the time. I know that you are one of the busiest people I know, and it really means a lot that you would take the time to be here with us. It's just an honor and a privilege. Thank you, Katie. And thanks to all of you for listening. And I will see you next time on the Healthy Moms Podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? 
Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time and thanks as always for listening.